Okay, we're up to Pedalet Amidbeis, six lines from the bottom. Um, fine. So just to finish up this sugya, uh, this last little bit is a little bit of a cheshvin, a little bit of a cheshvin. We'll just run through it the best that we can. Tadarabonim. So there is a machloikas between Rebbe and the Chachamim, whether you're right, allowed to write a stipulation in the get. Now what this has to do with the fact that in our Mishnah, the Rabbanon are against making a stipulation that you say, you're mutter to everyone, chutz mejam. The Rabbanon are against that. The Rabbanon feel that it's a get puzzle. The question is, due to that tenai or stipulation that the Rabbanon puzzle, did they outlaw all stipulations written in the get, gezerah? So maybe, meaning it is a possibility, according to Rebbe, as we'll see in a moment, that you're not allowed to write in the get, your divorce on stipulation can be $200, because if we allow that type of stipulation to be written in the get, then eventually you'll write, uh, you're, you're, you're uh, divorced on condition you don't marry John. So the Gemara says, Rebbe feels all stipulations are not, are not allowed to be written in the get, even if it's a type of stipulation that could be met easily, where Gezeira, you might come to write Chutz. That you, if we allow you to write any form of a stipulation, you might come to write that you're divorced, uh, that you're a mutter to all, all people, chutz mijan. So because of that, they answered all forms of stipulations written in the get. That's Rebbe's opinion. The Chum disagree. They say no. Kol shapaisel al pe, paisel b'ksav. The Rabbanon say no. The Rabbanon say, what type of stipulation is it? If it's a stipulation that negates the get, you're not allowed to write it in the get. If it's a good stipulation, then it's fine. And the Gemara explains. And if you remember a couple, uh, I think, pay base, the there was a machloikas when the Rabbanon are against it. According to the first opinion, the Rabbanon are only against it by chutz, not by almanas. So the Gemara speaks out chutz making a stipulation that your mutter to all people chutz mijan, which is an invalid form of stipulation. You can't write that in the get. But almanas, which according to this opinion, the Rabbanon are okay with, then it's fine. So meaning. So according to Rebbe, you're not allowed to write any form of a stipulation. Gezeira, you might come to write chutz. And the Rabbana say, no, what's Asr, you're not allowed to write. What's Muti, you are allowed to write. Okay, fine. Now the Gemara speaks it out. Amr of Zeira, fine. So you have a machloikas, whether all forms of Tanoim are not allowed to be written in the get, or only chutz. Amr of Zeira, machloikas lifnei hatarif. The whole machloikas of whether you're allowed to write a stipulation Again, you want to write, this is basically the Machalikas, you want to write in the get that we're divorced on condition, you give me $200. Rebbe says, no good, why? Gezeira, you might come to write chutz. The Rabbanon say, it's fine. Says Rav Zeira, Machalikas Says Rav Zeira, the whole Machalikas between Rebbe and the Rabbanon is if you write a stipulation before the Torah. Again, the Torah is the main part of the get that has the dates, the, the names, the locations. That's considered the main part of the get. The whole Machalikas is where you write the stipulation before the Torah, which is by the main part of the get. The Rebbe feels that we aser all forms of conditions, gezeira, you might come to chutz. So let's say if you want to write almanas, you're not allowed to before the tariff because if we allow you to write almanas, you might come to write chutz. And the Rabbana are not concerned about that.
That's the machloikas. Aval achar atayriv. But if you want to write a condition after the tayriv is written, meaning the main part of the get is already concluded, divrakol kasher. Everyone feels it's fine because it's not in the main part of the get anyway, and the whole issue is a gzera. So no. So if you want to write hareat muteres chaladam almenas that you're muter to everyone on condition you don't marry John. So before the tayriv. It's a machloikas. After the tariff, everyone agrees it's fine. That's Rav Zeyra's take. So now the Gemara speaks it out. And if a couple days ago we, we explained that the Rabbanon are, are comfortable with the condition of Almanas, meaning we explained a couple days ago that our Mishnah is only a problem with Chutz, but Almanas is fine. So how does that work? So that either is before the tariff and it's the Rabbanon, or it's after the tariff and it's according to everybody. Okay, meaning, Reb Zera's opinion is, before the tariff is the Machloikas, whether it's okay, after the tariff, everyone agrees it's fine. We explained a few days ago that, that it's okay to write Almanas, so, who is that like? So it's either before the tariff and it's following the Rabbanon who are comfortable before the tariff, or it's after the tariff and it's according to everybody. That's Rav Zeyr's take. So Zeyr's take is that before the tariff is a machlaikis, after the tariff, everyone agrees it's fine. Rava has a different take. He says, no, machlaikis, lacher tariff. No, 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 no. The whole machlaikis is after the tariff, whether it, you could write Almanas. The Rebbe Savar Where they argue, if we allow after the tariff, are you going to write it before the tariff? But to write it before the tariff in the main part of the get, called puzzle. Everyone agrees it's puzzle. So it's a slightly different version of the machlaikis. So according to Rava, the machlaikis is after the tariff, but before the tariff is definitely an issue. So according to Rava, the only one that's comfortable is Rabbanon after the tariff. And the Gemara spe- speaks it out in Masizitani And a few days ago, when we said we're comfortable with Almanas, that's after the tariff and it follows the Rabbanon. Okay, it's a little tricky, but if you just follow the cheshbon, it works. Tani avuah de Rav Avin kamei de Rav Zera kasev get al tanai divrei hakol pasul. Okay, so we said uh, before that Rav Zera, in the name of Rav Zera, that there's a machloikes before the tariff, that Rebbe feels it's a problem and the rabbanon are comfortable. So a person once uh, the father of Rav Avin taught a brisa in front of Rav Zera that said the following. If you wrote a get with a condition, everyone agrees it's puzzle. Now, I just got finished telling you it's a machlekes. This is devri hakol. So devri hakol puzzle. Rosera said, you said everyone answers it. It's a machlekes. What are you talking about? It's a machlekes. Rabbi and the Rabbanon. If you're allowed to write a condition in the get. So what does the b'risa mean? So the Gemara says, okay, you have to change the b'risa. When he says Ladivri Hakol Pasal, change the word Pasal to Kosher. Ladivri Hakol Kosher when it's written after the Tariff. Okay. So just to think about what happened over here. The Brysa says Divri Hakol Pasal. That's not true. So you have to change it to Divri Hakol Kosher and it's after the Tariff. So the Gemara just has a simple question. Lema Hareza Pasal Virebi Kosher. Once you're changing the girsa from divrei hakol posel to divrei hakol kosher, why not just say instead of divrei hakol posel to divrei hakol kosher, say machlekes, right? It's a machlekes, according to Rav Zera, before the tariff. 
but after Terra Fair, everyone agrees it's fine. The Bryce says Divirah Kol Pasal. Rosario says that's not true. So Rosario says, okay, change the gear stuff from Divirah Kol Pasal to Divirah Kol Kosher. And there is a scenario after the tariff where they were called kosher. So the Gemara says, well, once you change it to Girsa, why not change it to Machlokas? So the answer is, The answer is, when you have a Brisa that's a mistake, right? there's a flaw in the Brisa, and you have to change the Girsa, you have to pick like the most likely mistake. If the Brisa says, it's possible that it was kosher, one word off. But to go from Divri Hakol Posel to Machloikas, uh, that, that, no way. People, you have to realize, the prices were oral. So sometimes people made mistakes with words. So if I say Divri Hakol Posel, it's possible it could be confused to Divri Hakol Kosher. But Divri Hakol Posel to Machloikas, Rebbe Machshav Rabbanon Mifsel, that, that doesn't happen. And therefore, if Zayra felt that was the more accurate way of changing the Brisa. Okay. Weiter, new Mishnah, new topic. Okay. Basically, what this Mishnah has to do with like this. This is a continuation of the Rabbanan Shita from the previous Mishnah. That the Rabbanan are not comfortable if you make a stipulation in a get that does not permit her to everybody. That's a problem. Meaning, if I tell a woman... You're, you're divorced, you're motored to everybody except for John, that's an issue. Chutz me John, why? Because a divorce permits you to everybody. As long as she cannot marry people because of the divorce, that means she's still bound to her husband. No good. So the Gemara, the missioner basically is going to say like this, what if I stipulate that you're not allowed to marry your own father? That's fine, why? Because by Chayve Krisus, right, Kedushin is not typhus, which means even if you tried to marry your father, it wouldn't be halachically binding. So I'm not stopping you from doing anything. Meaning, if I tell you you divorced everybody, you can't marry John, that's an issue because I'm stopping you. My divorce is supposed to sever us, but you're still stopped, you're still stopped from marrying John. But if I tell you you're not allowed to marry your own brother, so you're not allowed to marry your own brother anyway, and Kedushin is not typhus, so I'm not preventing you. Now, if I tell you you're mutter to everyone except you can't marry, if you're a widow, you can't marry a kain gadol. Then that's an issue because Kedushin is typhus by Chayve Lavin, which means that if you marry, a Almana marries a kain gadol and the kain gadol says, Hare Mekadesh it does work. It's an Avera, but it does work. So by my divorce stopping you from doing that, and I say that we're divorced on condition, you don't marry the Kain Gadol, and if you do, the divorce is invalid, that's an issue, because my divorce is stopping you from doing something that halachically can take effect. So if I tell you you can't marry your own brother, it doesn't, doesn't do anything. It, the divorce is, is valid, because I'm not stopping you from anything. What am I stopping you? I'm saying that you can't marry him, the Kedusha is not Typhus, the Kedusha is not Typhus anyway. I'm not, uh, I'm not, nothing changed, halachically. But if I tell you that you're not allowed to marry a chayve lavin, that's an issue. The Mishnah speaks it out. Uh, a man gives his wife again and he says, you're mutter to everyone, el except for my father and your father. Kedush is not taifis. Or to my brother and to your brother. Or to a slave and to a guy. These are all relationships that Kedush is not taifis. So I'm saying we're divorced, but you can't marry such people. You can't marry them anyway. Or any person that Kedush is not typhus, which the Gemara is going to speak out, then it's kosher get, because I didn't stop you from doing anything. But 
Grisham Chuzal Kain Hadid, Mamzeris in the Sin of Yisrael, Basil Mamzal in the Sin, the Chomish Yeshlov Kedushin, but if I say, you're muttered to everyone except you're not allowed to marry a Chayvei Lavin, and if you do, our divorce doesn't take effect. So I'm stopping the Kedushin from being Typhus by a Chayvei Lavin. That's puzzle. That's an issue because now my get is preventing you from doing something that you could have done before. Okay. Now the Gemara speaks it out. The word klal in the beginning of the Mishnah is to include all chayvik krisus. That all chayvik krisus have the same halacha. That because kedushin is not typhus, if my marriage stops you from marrying such a person, doesn't matter. Klal the sefer lasu and the end of the Mishnah is including all Chavi Lavin, that Kedushin is Typhus. So if my divorce stops you from having Kedushin Typhus, that is considered a problem in the divorce. Okay? So basic rule is that my divorce has to allow you to marry everyone. If I am keeping people off limits, that's an issue. Okay? So the question is like this. What if a man gives his wife a divorce and says... You're mutter to everyone except for that little kid there. There was a seven-year-old boy. I don't want you to marry him ever. So now, is that a problem? So a seven-year-old boy, a kid under bar mitzvah, kedushin is not typhus because they're not capable of making kedushin. So right now, that doesn't affect. Like I'm telling her that she, her kedushin is not typhus on the seven-year-old boy. Well, it's not typhus anyway, but it will be typhus in six years. So my divorce right now is not affecting who she can marry because she can't marry him anyway. But in six years, it will be. So the question is, do we go with right now? And right now, it didn't change her status at all. Or do we say, no, in six years, it will change her status, so that's a problem. Near the Kasha. So the Gemara says, Who do we say that right now the child is not capable of doing Kedushin anyway? So the husband is just preventing her from being Mikadish, a child who can't make Kedushin anyway. So it doesn't, so it's not, it's not affecting, it's not withholding her from doing something she wanted to do or, want, or capable of doing. Right now it's not an issue, but in six years it will be. So we look at the future. Do you look at the future? Do you look at right now? So the Kamara says, well, the question is basically, do you look at who she can marry right now, in which case it doesn't affect her? Or do you look at who she can marry in the future, in which case it does? So he says, The halacha is, that if a, a girl is married under her bat mitzvah by her father, it's a, a kedushin d'oraisa, and then if her father dies, you could give her the divorce. Even though she's under bat mitzvah, she's able to be divorced. Fine. And the question is, am I? Habin of the Yatzavah, wait a minute, why are you able to divorce her under bat mitzvah? Again, if her father's love, you give the father the divorce, but the father died, so you give her the divorce, and it's a valid divorce. But wait a minute, we know the divorce is always compared to kedushin. And meaning... You can only divorce a woman who can be Mikadish. A girl under bat mitzvah without a father cannot biblically make Kedushin. So why could it biblically make a divorce? Again, the father married her off at the age of nine. A year later, the father died. The husband wants a divorce, so the husband could give her a divorce, and, she, and the marriage is over. Biblically, the marriage is over. But wait a minute. We know that divorce is compared to Kedushin. You could only divorce someone who could have Kedushin... So she could be divorced, but she can't have Kedushin. So how does that work? The answer is, the answer is she will have Kedushin when she gets older. Yes, right now she can't have Kedushin. But she will be at some point, and that's enough to compare Kedushin to Gitin. So to over here, 
right now, the question is, do we look at this kid right now or in the future? So the Gemara says, well, by, by the case of a girl being divorced, the only reason why it works is because, again, to be divorced, that means you also have to have Kedushin. Now, you could divorce her only if she's able to be Mekadosh. This girl cannot be Mekadosh. So why could she be divorced? The answer is she will be able to be Mekadosh. You look at her in the future. Right now, you look at her in the future. So to over here, going back to this case, if a husband says, you mutter everyone except for this 10-year-old boy, right now he can't have Kedushin anyway, so it's not affecting their relationship. But he will have Kedushin. So the answer is you look at the future. You don't look at right now. And if you look at the future by, by a girl divorced, in this case you look at the future by the, by the underage bar mitzvah boy, and therefore you look at that he will be a, a, an adult male who will have Kedushin. And by the husband withholding, the husband is withholding a relationship she's able to have, in which case it is a get puzzle. Okay? Fine, let's give it one second. The Gemara then says another question. What if a man stipulates his wife, she's muttered all men except for someone who'll be born next year? He's not even alive now. So it's not like you look in the future. Like the question of an underage bar mitzvah boy is do you look at him now or do you look in the future? This person, it, you say, you, you know, you say that any, uh, uh, that the, I don't know, a boy that's going to be born next year, you never, you never let him marry. Is that a good divorce? Do we say hashtamila? So do you say right now the, the baby's not born, so the husband's stipulation is not limiting her to every anyone because he's not alive anymore, right now? Or you say look look at the future; he will be born. So it's not just like a, a child who's getting older. This is a baby who's born who will be born. Do you look at right now? I'm not limiting who she can marry. Do you say I will be. So the Gemara says. <coughs> If a man tells his wife that she's permitted to everyone except for a, a, a guy, a certain guy, the halacha is that's a valid divorce. Why? Because he can't marry the guy anyway. I but wait a minute. Can't the guy convert? He can. So why why is it, why aren't we concerned about that? The answer is you look at right now. Meaning, again, it's a problem of a divorce if my divorce is withholding you from marrying somebody. I give you a divorce on condition that you're not allowed to marry a certain Eina Yehudi, a certain guy. We said that's fine because he can't marry him anyway. I, he could convert. In the future, he might convert. What's the answer? I go with right now. So to over here, if a man says to a woman she's not allowed to marry someone who's going to be born next year, I go with right now. They're not born yet, so it's not a problem. So the Gemara answers, wait a minute, that's not comparable. The person that will be born will be born for sure and will grow up this guy may never convert. Meaning, what's your proof? Your proof is that if you say to a woman, she's, she's uh, you divorce on condition, you're not allowed to marry a certain guy, it's not a problem. I, the guy, might convert. The answer is you go with right now. So to over here, when you say that you're not allowed to marry a certain baby that will be born next year, we go with right now. The difference is, that baby, when it's born, will eventually grow up. This guy may never convert. So I'm not withholding a, a, a legitimate person. By the guy, it's like, oh, he might convert. Maybe he won't. Go with statistics. But a baby that will be born will be born and will grow up. It's not like every guy is, is destined to convert. But this child will be born. and So that, that's, 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 the, that's the difference. Okay? So another kasha. So we need a lot of kashas and the ones with a teku. A husband says to his wife, you're allowed to marry everyone except for your brother-in-law. 
Now the halacha is, could she marry her brother-in-law? means that her sister's husband. Could she marry her sister's husband? The answer is not while her sister's alive. See, her sister's husband right now is off limits. If her sister were to die, then that man is permitted. So you say to her, we're divorced on condition you don't marry that person. Well, right now, that's not withholding anybody from her because right now she can't marry him anyway because he's a nerva. But it's one of the few arayas that could become mutter. Right? Like a mother can never become mutter, but your sister's husband can become mutter if your sister dies. So do we say that's an issue? Do we say, do you say right now the sister's alive, so this man is off limits anyway, so I'm not withholding anyone that's eligible to you? Or do you say perhaps the sister will die, sometimes the sister dies, and then they would be eligible, and my get is withholding that, and that would make it an invalid get. So the Kamara says, well, let's look at what we just quoted. What about a guy? Right, a guy. What's the statistics that a guy can convert? Uh, it's a it's a possibility, and yet you're allowed to say that you're divorced on condition you don't marry the guy, right? Because right now it's off limits. I they could convert. I don't care about what could be. Right now it's off limits. So to your brother-in-law, right now it's off limits. I the sister can die, but right now it's off limits. Meaning we're comparing that you have a guy and a brother-in-law both right now off limits. Both could become permitted at some point to you through conversion or through your sister dying. But you see, by a guy, it's not considered withholding because you go with right now. So to the sister-in-law, you go with right now. And right now, the sister's alive. So therefore, the brother-in-law is, not off, is off limits anyway, and therefore, I'm not withholding. So the Gemara says, no. Geris shchicha, misa shchicha. The answer is it's not comparable. You're trying to compare the, the guy converting to a brother-in-law being permitted. A guy's conversion is statistically more improbable than a brother-in-law becoming permitted. A brother-in-law will come permitted if the, if the wife dies before him. It's a much higher probability. Therefore, maybe it is considered withholding, meaning maybe we sometimes do look in the future when it comes to deciding whether this get is withholding a relationship. By a convert, you don't, because it's so, so statistically improbable that I'm not concerned about it. But when it comes to a brother-in-law becoming permitted, that is a big possibility. Maybe we should look in the future. Okay, not sure. Another kasha. Chutz miznusecha mahu. What if a man says to a woman, you're, allowed, you're divorced and you're allowed to marry anybody you want, but I don't want you to have relations with John. Relations off limits. You can marry anybody. I'm allowing you to marry every person in the world. You can even marry John, but you can't have relations with John. You can't have znus outside of marriage. Is that considered a withholding? Again, any divorce that withholds you from marrying someone or withholds you from doing what you want to do forever is a problem. So over here, I'm not withholding you from marrying anybody, you can marry anybody. I'm withholding you from relations outside of marriage with a certain person. So do we say, do we say that he is allowing her to marry anybody he wants, anybody she wants, so therefore it's not withholding the relationship at all? Or do you say, no, well, he is stopping her from having relations outside of marriage. So the question is, is withholding relations without marriage an issue? So the Gemara says, right? We said that if a man says to a woman that we're divorced on condition, you're not allowed to marry your own father, it's fine because you're not allowed to marry them anyway. Now the Gemara says, Bimai, what, what exactly did we withhold? Elam ibn Isun, if he said that you're not allowed to have chuppah with your father, when he says your father, what do you think he was talking about? He's talking about znus. Can't be talking about chuppah because Kedusha is not typhus anyway. Who would try to make a wedding, a mock wedding with their own father? Abba vicha not Meaning it must be, meaning what's the case of the Mishnah when a man says to a woman, you're mutter to everyone except for your father. Except for your father what? Having a ceremony, a wedding ceremony? No, he means nus. So you see, you see that it's only permitted to do this because it's the father. 
But if it was any other person withholding, Znus would be considered withholding. So the Gemara says, no, Dilma bin Asu, and perhaps the mission is talking about a case of actual marriage, meaning it could be withholding Znus is not an issue. So why, and what's the case by the father? Not Znus, actual marriage, Nisuin. Wait a minute, who, who would try to make a mock wedding with their father? He was saying, you're not allowed to make a mock wedding with your father. He's talking about a case. He's saying to her, not that you're not allowed to have relations with your father. He's saying you're not allowed to have an assume with your father. You'd ask who's, who would want to do such a thing. This lady would want to do something. He want, she wanted to get a conservative rabbi and witnesses and, and say harem kadeshously to her own father. And he's saying you're not allowed to do that. But it's not comparable to znus. Okay. Another kasha. A man says to a, a woman that she's permitted to anyone... Uh, ex- everyone, except she's not allowed to have biya which is relations that will not lead to marriage, such a form of relations, you're not allowed to have that with a certain person. So the question is, is that considered withholding? Mahu, do we say that he is allowing her to have relations, regular, healthy relations with any person on planet Earth? Or do you say that all form of relations are compared? And shalaykadarka is compared to kadarka, which means that a woman has to... I mean, that's the question. The question is that my divorce... This divorce cannot stop her from, from, from being married and being a regular woman with her husband. So he's just withholding Shalaikadarka. Do you say, well, he's permitting marriage, he's permitting be a Kadarka? What's the problem? Or do you say, no, part of marriage is that she has the right of Kadarka, Shalaikadarka, and you can't withhold that. And by withholding that, that means he's still bound, she's still bound to him, and it's a puzzle get. Another kasha. A husband tells his wife, you're divorced, except I want to be able to revoke your vows, not your next husband. So do, is that a problem? So she gets married, her husband, her new husband cannot revoke the vows, only her ex-husband. Is that considered that they're still bound to each other? And is that affecting her relationship? Do you say, Mahu, do you say that the husband is allowed, the divorce is allowing her to marry anybody she wants? So she's not bound to him, Dilma, Or do you say, well, part of being married is the husband has the right to revoke your vows, which he 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 took away that right because he's holding on to the right. So so the, the divorce is she's still bound to him. So is that an invalid get? Or another kasha, The husband says, You're divorced, except if you if you um except you're never allowed to eat truma again. Okay, meaning, I don't know exactly the case if you remarry a kind, meaning you're divorced, but you can't eat truma. I guess if you can't go home and eat truma, and then she's a divorcee, I don't know how she could eat, I don't know how she could eat truma either. Mahu, chutzma truma secha, you divorce except you're not allowed to eat truma. I guess if you marry a kind b'iser, I guess if you marry a Kayan B'Isser, I'm just trying to figure this out exactly how she'd be eating Truma anyway. Um, I don't know. They, I'm not exactly sure what the case is, but basically he says to her, listen, you're divorced on condition you never eat Truma again. So let's say when she gets home, or if she's able to somehow marry another kayin, or maybe she marries another kayin be'iser, she's never allowed to eat truma. So do we say that that's 
uh, withholding the get? Do you say minisun halashar? Do you say that the divorce allows her to marry anybody? Or perhaps, no, because when she gets married, she's allowed to eat truma because her husband acquires her. And now that she's not letting truma, it's being affected by her relationship. So that's the, that, is it a problem? I'm still a little confused about how she'd be able to eat truma anyway. She's a divorcee. She's a grusha. Grusha to kain hadith. It's not allowed. I don't know. I'm have to check it out. Chutzmi rishasayich, or another case, the husband says you're divorced, except your new husband. So that's what I thought, but then, but it sounds like she wants to eat truma in her next marriage. That's the confusing part. I'm not sure how she could eat truma in her next marriage. Then I'm gonna have to check it out. Believe another. Um, not sure. Or uh, a person says that you're divorced, except your next husband is not going to get your Yerusha. I am. So does that is that is that um, is is her relationship and her next husband still being affected by her first husband? Do you say Do you say listen? He's he's allowing her to marry anybody she wants, so this divorce is final. Or do you say, or no, the next husband has the right to inherit her. And if you withhold that right, that means that that marriage is being affected by the previous relationship, in which case the divorce is not fully separating her, in which case it's not a good divorce. Or another kasha, a guy says, listen, you can marry anybody you want, but your next husband cannot mekadish you with a shtar, only with kesef or bia. Why he would do such a thing, I have no idea. So do you say, well, listen, she can marry anybody she wants. And you say, well, but she can't marry her in all forms. And she has to be able to marry her in, marry him in all forms. Kesa Shtar and Bia. So the Gemara says, All these are tekus. Okay. Very, very easy, the rest of the daf. The Mishnah says like this, Gufa shall get. What is the main part of a get? What do you need to write in a get that is like ma'akiv, essential? The essential part of a get is one line, says the Tanakama. Harei at muteris l'chol adam. You are muter to everybody. That's all you have to write. You don't have to write anything else. If you just have a document that says the husband's name, the wife's name, the date and location, just as harei muteris l'chol adam, yoytzizayin, your yoytz. Go to the next page. Review the Amir says, no, you have to add the following line. V'dein dehave l'chi minoy, and this document should be from me to you, sefer tiruchin, a document of uh, separation, the Gerishvukin, a letter of abandonment, the Get Peturin, a document of divorce, of separation, of release, and it'll be that you can marry anyone that you want. You have to write those lines. Meaning, as the Gemara is going to explain, review the holds that by saying, in a document and then handing it to her, it's not clear that you want the divorce to be severed by the document itself. Because maybe what you mean is that I'm actually divorcing you orally, which is not affecting, which doesn't work, and the document is more like a receipt. It has to be that in the document itself, you say that this document is causing the separation. Okay? That's the main essential part of the get. What is the gufa shukat shukar? What is the main essential part of an emancipation document? Um... For a slave, hareat baschayrin, you're hereby hereby a free woman, or hareat latzmocha, or you are to yourself, meaning you acquire yourself. That is the main part 
of a document for freeing a slave. Okay, let's run through it. Pshita, the Gemara says like this: Ishto, if a man says to his wife, "Hareyap if you if you if you said to your wife the terminology of "Hareyap you're a free woman. That's not effective. That's good for a emancipating a slave, but a free woman, a, a, a woman to say you're a free woman that doesn't divorce. That's not a divorce because she was free before the divorce. She was never a slave, so that's not a good lotion of divorce. If you go the opposite, if you go to a slave and you want to emancipate a non-Jewish slave and you say you're permitted to everybody, that's also not a good lotion because. By a, a wife, you need a, a lushan that she's permitted to everyone. By an emancipated slave, you need a lushan of freedom. Saying that you're permitted to marry anybody is not a lushan of freedom. So that doesn't work. So the, the opposite doesn't work. But the question is like this. Amr Isha, if a man says to his wife, if he writes in the get, you are unto yourself, which is a good lushan for freeing a slave, that you are yourself, you are acquiring yourself. The question is, does that work for divorce as well? Do we say legamri karmila? Do you say that that means that you are to yourself, meaning you are completely on your own, our marriage is over, and it's a good lashon? Or perhaps you are to yourself just means you can keep your own paycheck. It doesn't actually mean that you're divorced and you're single. It just means that I'm no longer going to take your take your uh, paycheck. I'm just giving you the money, but they're still married. So the question is, is that a good lashon? So the Gemara says, Amalei Ravina Laravashi, Tashima. The Bryce says, Ditznan, it says in the Mishnah, Gufe shall get Shechrar, what's a good lashon of emancipating a slave? Hareyap Ascharin, right? You're a Hebrew free woman, which would not be a good lashon for divorce, or Hareyal Atzmacha, or you are unto yourself, that's a good lashon. Uma Avda Dekanil Gufe, now if that lashon, you are to yourself, means, the question was, is that a good lashon of divorce? And what was the question based on? is that you're entirely onto yourself, meaning you're acquiring yourself entirely that our relationship is over, or is it just financial? So the Gemara says, If that Lashen means you're acquiring yourself by a slave, it should work by a divorce. Again, a slave, you actually own the woman herself, and you said to her, that means that she is acquiring herself, not just financially, entirely. So you wanted to know whether that works for a get? Of course it works for a get. If it works by a divorce, if it works by a slave, it'll work by a get. If it's a good lotion to sever a divorce, it'll be a good lotion to sever a get. So it is a good lotion. If a person says writes in, to his slave, I have no dealings with you. Mahu. Is that a good lotion of emancipating a slave? So the Gemara is going to prove yes. We had this before. If you sell a non-Jewish slave to a guy, the halacha is that you have to the chazal penalize you because when a non-Jewish slave is owned by a Jew, he keeps certain mitzvahs. So if you sell him to a guy, you're obligated to rebuy him, and then you have to free him. And when you free him, you have to give him a bill of emancipation. The Gemara says, though, it's possible that when you sold him to the guy, if you wrote a bill of emancipation lotion in the sales document, then when you buy him back, you don't have to give him another get meaning you sell him to a guy, you're obligated to buy him back, 
and give him a get shikhar, a bill of emancipation. However, it's possible that when he sold them to the Ein Yehudi, when he sold them to the guy, if you wrote in the Lushan of the deed of sale a certain called Oinoi, if you wrote a certain Lushan of severance, then when you buy him back, he's already has his bill of emancipation. He'll just keep his previous uh, sales sales document. What's the Lushan that would be enough to sever? My Oinoi, I'm Rav Sheshesh, you wrote in the document to the guy the following, if you, if if the if the slave will will run away from you, ainly asikbach. I don't have any dealings with him. That's a good lashon of emancipation. What do you see? You see, ainly asikbach is a good lashon of emancipation. Okay, Rav Yehuda Oimer. Now, Rav Yehuda's opinion is right. The Tanakhama feels that the, all you have to write in the get is harei amutaris lechol adam. Rav Yehuda says no. You have to also write v'dein dahav lechol minoy sefer teruchin v'ger shvukin v'ger peturin l'mahachlin saber lechol gvardi tzdavin. Mike Mifli, what's the machlekes about? The Rabbanon feel that a partial doc- declaration is enough. Meaning, you have this document, and you wrote in the document, that definitely implies divorce. And it's also kind of clear that when you're giving the document, you want the divorce to take place with the document. Now, did you ever write clearly, I want the divorce to take place with this document? No, but we get it. We all get the gist. The Rabbanon feel that's enough. A partial declaration, although it's not 100% clear, it's clear enough. And therefore, although you never identified that you want the get to be the source of the separating the relationship, it's very clear. It's very clear that you want the divorce to take place with this get. Rav Yudah disagrees. He says, no. Rav Yudah disagrees. He says, no, 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 no. It's not clear. Partial declaration is not enough. You have to be 100% clear. And because you never said that you want the divorce to take place with this document, it's clear, it's possible. This is what she meant. When you wrote in the document, maybe what you said, maybe what you meant is you verbalized it. And this document is merely a receipt. Because it's, again, it's highly unlikely, but because it's possible, therefore it's not enough. The time of the of the day, and therefore you have to write the day that this document is severing the relationship, to make it clear. If you did not write that that Omri perhaps people would say that you divorced her orally, which is not affecting, which doesn't work. And the document is merely there as a receipt. Therefore, in order to make it clearer, Rav Yudah feels you have to add this line. Okay, now from here until the end, almost the end of the daf, the Gemara is going to point out how to spell those words, because each one of those words, like the Dein, the Havel, um, if spelled differently, could have a different meaning. So the Gemara just speaks it. I'm Rabbi, Haimad of Gita, if you're following Rav Yehud and you're writing that line of Vedain, Loi Lichta Vedain, don't write Vedain with a Yud. You have to write Vedain without a Yud. Dalad Nun instead of Dalad Yud Nun. Why? Damashma Vedin, because if you write with a Yud without Nakudos, it could be read as Vedin, the law. Instead of Vedain, this document, it could be the law, meaning that you're saying, I'm divorcing her only because the law says, but not with this document. So you have to write Vedain without a Yud. Fine. And don't write Igeres with a Yud, rather without a Yud. Why? Because Igeres with a Yud could be read instead of a letter, it could be read as a roof. As a roof. without um, a Now, so the next Lashon was. Uh, one second. Um, I'm sorry, 
Yeah. Don't write limhach with a yud. Why? Because instead of... Yeah, limhach without a yud means to go. Like, I want you to get out, like, to, to go away. But if you write it with a yud, it could be limhach. Um, you will be to me, which implies that you will be married to me. So it's the opposite lashon. The loylicht of limchech, and don't write with a limchech. Um, yeah, don't write, uh, not to write the hey close, close. Don't write with a ches. Make sure that it's limchach and not limchach. Why? Dimash kichucha, because limchach means a joke. Chucha means a joke. So you got to make sure that to write it properly. Also, the words ditevahoyin, dititzbahoyin, the words ditevahoyin and titzbahoyin, they have to have three yuds. Tlasa, tlasa yud, and they're spelled with three yuds. Why? Because then it could be understood as you're permitted and you will want. Okay. And if you don't write the three yuds, it could be, it, it could be they instead of you. Okay. And the word terichun and shvukun, banishment and release, you have to make sure there's a longer vav, because if the vav is not long, it could be looked at as a yud. Because without the vav and the yud, instead of banishment and release, it would mean a banished woman and a released woman. It's opposed to this woman specifically, it would imply other women. And the word kadai has to have a vav instead of a yud, because if you write kadi, Kedi means with nothing, which implies that the divorce is not taking effect. in savasa, and do not write the word in savasa with an olive. Why? in because that implies that she will not marry. In rather with a hey, it means that she, she she is permitted to marry. Okay, just to finish up this daf. So we have a machlekes Yehud and the Rabban on whether you have to write v'dein. Well, they have to clarify that this document is serving the relationship. The question is, how do we pass them? Do we pass them like review or not? So Tashima, Iskin Rava Bikiti, Rava instituted for getting to be written the following text. that we attest that so and so, the son of so and so, Potter Ditarach Yas Palanisa Itasa, that he released and banished so and so his wife, Davis Intasam in Kadamadawa, who was his wife prior to this, Miyoimidinala Alma from this day and for forever. That was the Lushan that they would write. Um, yeah, th- th- this Yeah. So th- this is the main part of the get that Rava instituted. Now if you notice, it doesn't say Vidain over here. It doesn't say that this document is causing it. So it must be that Rava does not feel that it's necessary. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Well, Rava didn't mention the rest of the Lashonis of Gitin that is necessary. This is pretty short. The, the Get is a longer document. So, rather, you must be that Rava didn't list everything necessary. I mean, the question is, do you have to say Vedain? So the Gemara wanted to prove because Rava only had this paragraph and it doesn't have Vedain. The answer is Rava's missing other stuff also. It doesn't have the location. It doesn't have other essential things. It must be that this is an, an incomplete version of Rava needed other things as well. So if Rava needed other things, maybe he also needed Vedain. Now, just to finish up, just to clarify two points of why Rava added. Rava says, that the divorce takes place from this day. Why was it necessary to say from this day? 
that is to exclude the ruling of Rav Yossi. If you remember, Rav Yossi had an opinion that any time the, da- the date is earlier, we go by the earlier date. So therefore you have to say in the document, no, the divorce takes place from today, not from an earlier date, not like Rav Yossi. And and the document then ends, we'll end with this, that, that she's permitted forever. Why do you have to say forever? Of course she's permitted forever. The answer is, This is to exclude the question that we had a few days ago. I think it was yesterday, actually. The question was, if a man gives a wife a divorce and says, Today we're divorced, but tomorrow we're remarried, does that work? That's why he wrote in the document, They are divorced forever, to avoid such a scenario uh, from taking place. I will stop here. I'll pick it up tomorrow.